His name is Mark Andrews. Luke, he's gonna beat you, beat you. Two touchdowns, a beatdown. Luke, you look like such a big clown. <laughs> Showtime twins, two more wins. Every other person blows. And we send them to the sacko. That's where they want to go. Showtime twins, we are coming home. Hey, uh, All right, Ty, pass the mic. Hey, Trey, pass me that mic real quick. If you're down by 30 in your fantasy matchup, who are you going to call? Mark Andrews. If you're up against Diggs and it don't look good, who are you going to call? Mark Andrews. I ain't afraid of no Luke. I ain't afraid of no Luke. Mark Andrews. Bum, 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 bum. Welcome in, everyone, to the Showtime Fantasy Podcast. Today is Wednesday, October 13th, 2021. We are knee-deep into this fantasy football season. Today is your Week 5 review, Week 6 preview. I am your host, Ty, 4-1, Langston. And let me welcome my co-host from Rogers, Arkansas. Welcome in, brother. Broadcasting live from Lowell, Arkansas, four and one. Triton, yeah. Thanks for having me, brother. It sounds like you're uh, all up on that Lowell dial-up connection too. Oh, is it bad? <laughs> it's a little, it's a little blurry there, but uh, hopefully that won't be too big of an issue throughout the pod. Uh, I see that you've unboxed Luke's mic, which is nice. Yeah, I'll, I'll get around to it. <clears throat> We have a huge show for you guys today. We've got the week five review. We got trade review, your everyone's favorite segment. We're going to go through the waiver wire. We're going to have a special guest join us at some bit, sometime today in the pod. Uh, and then a little teaser for the end of the show for you guys, for all you listeners out there, loyal listeners, smash that subscribe button, by the way. But we are going to have our first podcast giveaway. That's right. A giveaway just for you listeners. So you're going to want to stick around to hear that towards the end of the pod. And also we're doing our first Showtime live event this weekend. That's right. Live event. If you want to hear more about that, you're going to have to stick around till the end of the show. We're going to plug our first Showtime live event. It's going to be awesome. You're you're not going to want to miss out on this Showtime live event. How you doing, brother? (laughs) Yeah, I'm doing well. Uh, I mean, four and one, so not much to complain about in life. You know, everything's going well when you're uh, doing well in fantasy. That's right. And you and me both happen to be doing well in fantasy. And uh, let's see how we got to this four and one record, along with everyone else's games, as we take a look back at a week five, a pivotal week five, maybe the most exciting week five in the history of the blind squirrels fantasy league let's let's dive right in here let's start off with some of the bummier matchups of the day 206 points josh absolutely exploded this week all over jeremiah jeremiah put up 154 and still managed to get blown out by over 50 points an absolute incredible performance out of josh justin herbert 50 burger 
Antonio Gibson, 20 burger, Metcalf, 20 burger, Mike Williams, 30 burger, Kyle Pitts, 20 burger, Hollywood Brown, 30 burger. He had 13, 13 touchdowns Josh did this week from his players. I mean, crazy video game like numbers. You're never going to see another week like this this year. And I think this is probably our high in the history of this league. Obviously a little bit bumped up since we switched to half point per reception, but still 206 points is unheard of in this league. And if you, if you put up 206, you're definitely getting the win. He put up 206 and only got 13 from his defense and kicker. So it wasn't fluky. Josh's team, pretty much every single one of his skill positions just went off this week. The only player that didn't hit the 20 point threshold was Josh Jacobs at the RB two spot. And uh, Josh Jacobs still got, got into the end zone and put up a solid 15 points. So really nothing Jerry could do here. It's, it's definitely one of those feels bad performances where your team plays pretty well and you just run into a buzzsaw. And Josh just happened to basically have the number one player at every position this week. So obviously huge win for Josh. He needed it. He was one and three coming into the week. So this, this bolts him up to number one in the league in points for and a two and three record. So things are looking up for Josh on Jerry's side, Derrick Henry, 130 rushing yards and three touchdowns. He always goes off against the Jags. We said it last week. Um, Jamar Chase continues to show out as a rookie, 24.9 fantasy points, a little bit of a fake fan conundrum there as it was against the Green Bay Packers, but the Packers did manage to win that game. One of the craziest NFL games I think I've ever watched. I was in a sports bar and there was like Pete Bengals fans in there too. So every time there was a kick, there was like just full on tilt mode at the bar. But uh, Travis Kelsey gets back on track this week with 14.7 fantasy points. Nick Folk uh, adding 17 from the kicker slot. It's always nice when you get 17 from the kicker. Aaron Rodgers kind of a a uh, meh week with 23.7 fantasy points. Mike Davis continues to be a pretty average running back this year. He did get to double digits in that London game against the Jets, but it's only 11. Debo Samuel got in the end zone again, 14. And then James Conner at the flex position did manage to get to double digits. So again, 154 points for Jerry, nothing to scoff at, but he just, he was just up against Josh this week. And it's, 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 it's tough. Yeah. I mean, I mean usually, 154 points is a guaranteed win in our league. <laughs> it's, it's usually the high score of a week. Yeah. And I mean, this, this is going to be one for the record books for Josh, uh, 207 points. I, I'd be surprised if that gets surpassed anytime soon, to be honest with you. Yeah, for sure. All right. Let's take a look at our next highest score of the week. We've got the bear Jew, William McCombs himself, uh, with the blowout victory over Team Hendrissy. Uh, let's take a look at what happened here. So, Luke with, uh, sorry, Will with 168, uh, and Lamar Jackson with basically a 50 burger on Monday Night Football. That game was absolutely nuts. I'm sure Lamar had like 15 or less points going into like the fourth quarter and then ends up with 50 as he scored three touchdowns, including the winning one in overtime. It ended up throwing for over 400 yards, had one of his best passing games of his career. So, career Lamar, high passing yards. Yeah, Lamar absolutely went off. Uh, Alexander Madison in relief duty of Dalvin Cook, uh, again, had a nice game for Will. So, uh, he's proven to be a good stash, 23 fantasy points. Devontae Adams went off 200 yards uh, against the Bengals, uh, 32 fantasy points. Damian Williams, fresh off waivers into Will's lineup, 
with 15 fantasy points, pretty good substitute running back off waivers. Looks like that fab uh, was well spent. DeAndre Hopkins got back in the, the end zone, 17 points. And then uh, pretty disappointing games from Goddard and McLaurin. But overall, Will had another solid week as he he goes to four and one. And I know that a lot of people were doubting his running backs and his team early on. And he's definitely still got some question marks, but he continues to perform weekly. Uh, looking at Max's team, I mean, one ten's not not awful, but not what you're looking for. Uh, he can definitely contribute the loss to Russell Wilson and his injury. Uh, Russ went out, I think, early in the third quarter on Thursday night and Geno Smith came in and got some points, but Russ only finished with 11 after that hand in, hand injury. Uh, A.J. Brown continues to be a big disappointment for Max, one of the bigger busts in fantasy, uh, 5.3 fantasy points against the Jaguars. Jared Cook, only one catch, 3.4 at the tight end spot, so Max continues to try to find some production at tight end. Um, and I know you've been kind of clowning him for benching Kareem Hunt, who did get 23 on his bench. Uh not bad. I mean, he, he had great Bench running back him or start him or trade him. <laughs> he had great running back performances from Chubb and Najee Harris and Cordero was pretty good at the flex, but overall just Will's team kind of, kind of handled business this week. For sure. And I just wanted to point out a quick note here since losing to you in week one, Will's actually on a league best four game win streak uh, with three of those four victories putting up over 120 fantasy points. And then, of course, this past week, getting close to 170. So Will's team is definitely uh, coming into its own, and it's, it's a scary thing for the rest of the league to see. So good job, Will. Uh, Will improves to 4-1 and one there. Uh, let's look at our last non-Showtime fantasy matchup of the week. That was the matchup of the matchup Farmer versus Feel the Breeze. I predicted this one correctly. I knew that uh, Cole's team full of – salty vegetables wasn't going to get it done and uh that was the case in this one is the uh the celery of the roster uh Corey davis puts up a measly 6.5 fantasy points he did, <laughs> he did end up taking michael carter out which actually ended up being the wrong decision as lavisca chenault recently acquired through trade lavisca chenault gets one reception one reception in a good game script against the Ten- tennessee titans it was a 58 yard reception in which he broke like four tackles so you wonder if the usage will go up but again you never want to see your flex only have one reception Stafford did not get him off to that dream start on Thursday night definitely a weird game with like Russell Wilson getting hurt and then just running the ball a bunch but Stafford only threw one touchdown he did go for 365 yards but only 18 fantasy points Kamara definitely back on track with 26 fantasy points two total touchdowns Daryl Henderson, Daryl. That's right. It's it's officially Cascara season here in mid October. Daryl Henderson did get in the end zone and he did run for 80 yards on the ground in that th- same Thursday night game. But it's kind of what we've been going back to. The theme of Cole's team is just low upside, and you saw uh, the success of Henderson and even Michelle on the ground took away from Stafford and Michelle. I think got a rushing touchdown, which took even took away from Henderson. So like a quadruple whammy there. For Cole, as he also had Cooper Cup in the lineup. Again, another good game from Cooper Cup, 92 yards, but it was the Robert Woods breakout moment of this season. And Cup had to take a backseat for the first time in 2021. So uh, Cole reaps the fantasy misfits there of that situation. And uh, Noah Fant, really, with his worst game of the year, uh, only putting up three for 20 and a bit of a blowout loss for the Broncos. I know they kind of made it competitive late, but Super disappointing day from the Broncos offense. And then uh, defense and kicker only combined for nine. Cole fails to hit that 100-point mark that we've uh, we've preached about so far this year. Joe Mixon, he kept on the bench because of injury concerns. He only got 10 points anyways. And then 
really there was even no no one even uh, worth turning to on the bench. So uh, Cole drops to one and four on the season, and the matchup farmer uh, has become the matchup peasant. Now looking over at Cannon's side, this one did come down to a really exciting uh, Sunday night football game. Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. Cannon was live in attendance in Arrowhead Stadium watching this one go down. He needed the stack to come through huge for him, and they really didn't. Only combining for 33. I mean, you expect Mahomes to get there by himself most weeks. Tyreek Hill didn't score, and he only had 63 yards. But uh, Jonathan Taylor definitely saved Cannon's bacon in this matchup. Two touchdowns, uh, including a 75-yard receiving touchdown. 53 rushing yards, another rushing touchdown, and uh, Jonathan Taylor hits 30 fantasy points on Monday Night Football in the flex spot for Cannon. So a bit of a prayer there from Cannon as his kicker in that same game only managed to get three, but uh, Jonathan Taylor came through for him. And uh, oddly enough, that will not be the uh, most crazy Monday night comeback, but we'll get to that here in a little bit. Uh, Chuba Hubbard adds 100 yards rushing, 15.9, pretty good out of the RB2 spot. Damian Harris didn't really take advantage of that dream match against the Texans. The Patriots oddly fell behind in that game, and he also fumbled at the goal line. So uh, really, really unfortunate there for Cannon and all Damian Harris uh, fantasy owners as you wonder if that's going to affect the trust that Bill Belichick has in him. Bobby Tanyan uh, with George Kittle, George Ree Kittle headed to <laughs> IR. Bobby Tanyan gets one catch rate yards. He's just not the same guy he was last year with all those touchdowns. He's he's kind of in bum mode right now, and uh, he continued that this week with one catch for eight yards. Tyler Lockett, losing his quarterback, had so many chances of big plays on that Thursday night game, but he just didn't connect or there were penalties or something happened on all those all those plays. So I, I, I don't think that game is as bad as it may look on the scoreboard, but at the end of the day, Cannon does squeak out the win thanks to Jonathan Taylor, and uh, he improves to a 3-2 and two record, I believe. So congratulations to Cannon. All right, and now we're going to take a look at our showtime, showtime matchups of the week. Um, and we're going to start with the other crazy finish, which was just the big topic of the group text Monday night. Now, heading into Monday night, I don't think anyone, not even you, had even an inkling chance that you that you could beat Luke. I think you were down. No, not a chance. You were down over 30 with just Mark Andrews, who – hadn't scored over 13 points all year, hadn't had a touchdown all year. He was going to have to have the game of his career, the game of his life on Monday Night Football to beat Luke, uh, and, and it just did not seem feasible. You had already chalked up the loss. I'm sure Luke had already chalked up the win, and really halfway through the game, there was no reason to think otherwise. In fact, you know, halfway or a little over halfway through the game, it was one of the most boring games of the season. The Colts were somehow winning, but it was kind of a defensive slugfest. Um, Mark Andrews might have had like two or three catches for 40 yards. And then all of a sudden that one drive happened, I think mid early in the fourth quarter where Mark Andrews must have accounted for like 60 yards on one drive and finished with a touchdown. And all of a sudden, everyone's eyes just turned to this game, turned to the fantasy matchup as you were only down by like maybe five points after that one drive. And we kind of knew the Ravens were going to get one more crack at it, needing to throw down by, I think, you know, 10 at that point. Um, So all of a sudden, it really it can really just happen like that, especially in half PPR. Mark Andrews, 11 catches definitely adds up on the point total. Um, And then, I mean, they drove the ball down the field. 
they weren't really using Mark Andrews that much on that last drive. I, I don't even know if he had a catch until the touchdown, but just they kept throwing to random guys. I think at one point Mark Andrews actually went off the field, um, but then it came to the two-minute warning, and I was like, you know, after two-minute warning, they're going to bring Mark Andrews back onto the red zone. I think the first play out of the two-minute warning, Lamar Jackson ran, looked like he was going to score, got stopped at, at the one, and then – I think on second or third down, uh, it happens. He hits Mark Andrews for the touchdown, um, just driving the knife into Luke's heart on Monday Night Football. What a heartbreaker for <laughs> Luke Rupert. Mark Andrews uh, with a monster performance, 36 points. And, I mean, I can't remember a more uh, wild swing on a Monday night game that we've had in the league other than that one. Yeah, no, it was crazy. And, obviously uh... – being a part of that was insane. Like you said, going into the game, I really had no expectations of even it being close. Like I thought maybe Andrew scores and gets like 15, 16. I still end up losing, but I had pretty much mailed it in. I was getting ready for the next week. And then especially when late in the game, he still wasn't doing much. And then basically it all happened. All of a sudden two drives, the group text was going crazy. Me and Lauren were going crazy in my apartment. Might be the greatest fantasy moment of my life. Maybe the greatest moment of my life. Sorry, Lauren. Uh, but <laughs> I, get, I get the win, 126 to 120. My, according to Luke, shit storm of a roster moves to four and one on the year. And uh, that's a, that's a feels bad for Lucas for sure as he falls to two and three. Now let's get into our last matchup, closing the book on week five. Our last Showtime matchup of the week as Deputy Bacon's Chode takes down Suck My Dicka 121 to 101. 20 point victory here for you as you take care of Andrew. Uh, tough, tough scenes here for Andrew as he lost Saquon Barkley very early in that Dallas game. He was set to have a pretty good game and finishes with 0.9 points. His ankle swelled up to the size of a bowling ball and he just had no chance to get back on the field in that one. Austin Eckler, on the other hand, pretty much made up for the running back scoring deficit there with 30 fantasy points in that afternoon bonanza of a shootout against the Cleveland Browns. Mike Evans also added 113 and two DJ Moore had his first disappointing week of the season with 6.3 fantasy points, did not get in the end zone and did not eclipse 50 receiving yards. TJ Hawkinson continues his slide after a hot start in 2021, only two catches in this one. So really disappointing to see there from the tight end position for Andrew Brandon cooks, not really sure what he was thinking with Brandon cooks in the flex spot when he has miles Gaskin, 26 points on the bench, Cortland Sutton, 21 points on the bench and even Leonard Fournette, 19 points on the bench. Uh, that might, that might be a candidate for dumbass play of the week is, uh, <laughs> Brandon cooks is only 3.8 fantasy points and then defense kicker combined for 15. So, uh, pretty ho-hum there. And then Kirk cousins, uh, Andrew has really not found consistent scoring from the quarterback position. And that makes it tough. Cause in this league, it seems like every winner of the week has a good quarterback performance. Um, not in this matchup though, because Kyler Murray only threw one touchdown and scored 15 fantasy points. Really bad week for Kyler Murray and uh, definitely bad when you consider Tom Brady on your bench with 411 yards and five touchdowns. So definitely a poor decision there from you. Uh, Zeke Elliott adds 110 rushing yards, two touchdowns, 24 fantasy points from the bell cow of the Dallas Cowboys. DeAndre Swift adds 19 fantasy points and DeAndre Swift caught six passes. He's just a ultra receiving back there for the Lions. Justin Jefferson and Emmanuel Sanders both get in the high teens uh, with Jefferson 15.9, Sanders 18.9. Only three catches, but two of them were touchdowns. Uh, Cannon and Luke were there to witness it live. Darren Waller continues to 
kind of get it done at the tight end position. Hasn't been quite what he was since week one, but you're going to have down weeks like that. And then Tony Pollard, Trey went with the two Cowboys running back formation here. uh, And it paid off as Pollard puts 12.3 points up at the flex spot. And there was really no one else on his bench that did better in that Rondell 12.2. So pretty much you would have got the same either way. Baltimore defense adds zero on Monday night football. Trey, you come out with the win, uh, advancing to four and one. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, Trey, are you, are, are you, are you four and one? Yeah, I, I, I think so. Yeah. And, and, and am I four and one? Uh, let me, let me check. Oh yeah. Yeah, you are. And, uh, William McCombs, are you four and one? Uh, I actually am. I believe it or not. <laughs> I, I am four and one and it feels freaking amazing. <laughs> how's the, how's the audio before I, before we jump in? No, the audio is, the audio is fine. Um, okay. Will, thank you for you taking your, time uh, uh, bring to your join mic us today. To- Say what? Did you bring your waste of time, Mike, to Houston? No, I'm just – I'm actually in Fable right now, but <laughs> um, I'm still clapping. Yeah, th- thanks for taking the time to join us today, Will. We just – we want to go through uh, – first of all, this segment, this is a new segment for the listeners. I know they like us coming up with new content. This this segment is called the 4-in-1 Club. Uh, it's very exclusive. You actually have to be good <laughs> at fantasy to get into this club. And just to show you how exclusive it is, I wanted to give you guys a little nugget that I'm, I'm sure you guys were not aware of. So – Will's only loss is actually to Trey. And then my only loss is actually to Will. So really we are just the <laughs> top tier of this league dominating everyone. And we're just cannibalizing each other because we're so good. We so, and also something <laughs> to keep in mind is that you and you and Trey are playing each other this weekend. And so that's right. It, someone's match up. Four and two, but hey, like, someone's going to be five and one with each other. So it's pretty that's amazing. right. So cra- crazy scenes here. We're going to continue to dominate the league. Will, We've got some questions here, listener submitted, um, that we wanted to run by you. So uh, after starting 0-1, there were definitely some fantasy pundits out there that didn't believe in you or your roster. I even heard some idiots out there saying that you wouldn't win a game this season. So how does it feel to prove how, – how does it feel to prove – how does it feel to prove – well, we don't know who it was. It was anonymous. But uh, how does it feel to prove all those haters out there wrong? Well, let me, let me first answer that question by describing an emotion that I felt this past weekend. So um, I throttled Max, you know, it, it, it wasn't even <laughs> close. I mean, I like literally molested him, um, you know, so I went into Monday night football, as everyone knows, as, as God knows, I have Lamar Jackson, my fantasy team. holy shit. Um, and I, I came in with the lead and the only player on both teams left was Lamar Jackson. And I was like, you know, what the hell I'll, I'll bump up my points for uh, score here. Um, and I was oh, just, like, definitely before. did that. And then, and then, you know, he kept on scoring and like, I honestly, the emotion I was feeling was pity because I, like, I was watching the score and it continued to get farther. The gap was farther and farther. And honestly, Ty and Trey, it felt like, you know, like when you're in a really good mood and you're watching TV and the commercial comes on with all those dead puppies and they're like asking for donations. That's what it yeah. felt like. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, sad. It's just sad it at some point. I, I actually shed a tear. <laughs> Uh, if we're being totally honest, but you know, you, you just got to do it. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I wasn't gonna ease up on him. You know, that, that was what was yeah. gonna happen. So, um, so let's, you know, obviously, congratulations on the big win, uh, proving to four and one. But let's let's kind of turn the page and look at your season overall so far. There are a couple, you know, there's still some critics out there. They want to know answers. Uh, specifically about the Trey Sermon pick. So you you reached for Trey Sermon, I believe, in the fifth or sixth round. Um, and let me – I have his game log pulled up here real quick. Uh, so he did not play in week one, 0. 0.8, 10, 
0.8 and then 0.7. And then this week he's on a buy. So he's going to be of no use yet again. Not that he has been at all this season. So what were you thinking with that draft pick? And are you considering uh, letting him go anytime soon? I don't know, man. If anything, all that proves is how incredible the rest of my team is. Cause I have sustained <laughs> success regardless of having Trey bum sermon on my fantasy football team um yeah i'm yeah, considering sure. dropping i'm also considering like going and executing elijah <laughs> Mitchell. uh i hope it, this is a public podcast but i can't say that yeah but, yeah um, we censor this very carefully I'll, I'll cut that out don't worry i spend so much time editing this uh anyway speaking of the rest of your roster uh you are unfortunately dealing with a bit of injury issues now as clyde edwards lair hurt his knee in the last game and he got put on ir so how are you planning to manage your roster with that injury uh, going forward? You know, honestly, I'm a little worried, um, but I've been worried before. And now I'm four and one. So I'm, I've learned to really, really trust that little inner voice that worries. Yeah. Um, I've got Damian Williams. I'm not too worried about it. Although I just found out he's super limited in practice. So we'll yeah. see how that and, and, and you can also just keep hoping uh, Dalvin Cook gets announced inactive an hour before kickoff. But uh, speaking of Damian Williams, last week you decided to go all in on Damian. I think you bid uh, over $110. So what was your thought process behind that? And do you regret that now, given his nagging injuries and Khalil Herbert's increased involvement in the offense? You know, that's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I put 111 on him. It's a good memory. Um, and I was not expecting Khalil Herbert to be as involved as he was. Um, and I, Damian Williams is going to get the lead carries and pretty much, you know, yeah. it, it, he's going to get the lead carries, but Cole Herbert, he's a six round rookie. You know, he looked really good. And honestly, I think he looked better than Damian Williams. I don't regret the one eleven. My kind of my reasoning there was that I was so desperate. I was willing to spend pretty much anything. For and sure. Second, who, who I think was, was he, were you second Ty? Or? Uh, I think Cannon was second right behind you. And then I was like fit, 10 or 15 behind him. Oh, um, but like. I think I, that was way closer than I thought I was going to be. I thought the next highest bidder would be like seven. Yeah. I just want to play it safe. Yeah, um, for sure. Uh, and then speaking of waivers, uh, I see here that you made zero waiver claims this week. Are you getting complacent? <laughs> I totally forgot about it. I'll be honest with you. Um, <laughs> and that's the funny thing is that I'm still four and one. And yeah. I've forgotten like three waivers. So I mean, I mean your team is so good. You know, what's the point of making improvements exactly. to this roster? Yeah, uh, I mean, I you have Josh Gordon. Like you don't need, you don't need anyone else. Right. No, exactly. You know, Josh Gordon's on my team, you know, he's, yeah, he probably is going to get suspended here in a couple hours, but you know, who, who knows? I, I think I have a very high upside. I've got like three handcuffs on my team. We should, yeah. we're in good shape. And then a uh, couple, two last questions for you. First of all, uh, we're about to head into the trade review segment, but let's give them a quick preview. Uh, I think today, actually, you made a trade with Luke Rapert sending off Michael Pittman and acquiring Dawson Knox. What what were your thoughts behind that trade? You know, I gave it about five seconds of thought. <laughs> um, I probably should have thought about it a little bit more. Not yeah. saying I regret it. I think I think it was a win win. You know, I think Dawson Knox is a he's the I think I will. I mean, he's he's the tight end one, obviously, or he's right. he's you know he's a top ten tight end. Um, and I you know, Goddard's injured. He's he's not going to get any points uh, when he's not on the field. So I don't I don't hate the move by you at all uh i think it was a good move and dawson knox has been scoring touchdowns like his life depends on it so last thing for you will uh once again thank you for joining the show can we get a quick pick from you uh on your matchup with cole this weekend my matchup let me pull it up really quick i mean i'm gonna pick myself yeah uh, of course but uh honestly like i think i feel like i have a duty to the league to go <laughs> ahead and to reveal 
you know, what this next, next, uh, name is going to be. Uh, yeah, I, I've seen, what Do you the know bottom, it, <laughs> I know what the bottom one is and okay. it's really, really, really good. Uh, I don't think the bottom is the next one though. No, I think he's two away from the bottom. Yeah. And it's really, it's really good, but I don't know what it is. I don't know what the next one is. So I think, uh, I think that'll be, that'll be whatever it is. We're going to find out next week after you, uh, put him down and improve to a five and one record, but, um, yeah, thank Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us, Will, and uh, uh, good luck this weekend. Hey, thank you all. See you up. Yeah. Thanks, Will. <clears throat> Man, thank you so much for Will McCombs for taking time out of his day to join us there. That was great content, and he uh, he uh, he's definitely been uh, stepping his game up this year. I mean, Will is typically someone you'd see in the Sacco year after year. Uh, <laughs> definitely not starting off this hot at four and one he's definitely not humble about it but that's that's what we need for content in the group text so thanks to will for joining us and now we've closed the book on week five we're going to move into the waiver wire segment we got a little bit into it just basically saying will made absolutely no effort to improve his team but let's see the efforts of other people trey do you have the waiver report pulled up Yes, I do, Ty. Let's take a look at that waiver wire report. We've got Daryl Williams going for $104 to you. I want to ask you, what the hell were you thinking with that bid? So what I was thinking with that bid uh, is that my running back two situation is very dicey. Uh, Zach Moss is currently my running back two, and him and Singletary are basically splitting it down the middle. Moss has been kind of getting saved by touchdowns and garbage time. those are not things that I want to be counting on moving forward in the season. And uh, with Clyde going out, Daryl Williams is in for a increase in workload. It's a probably one of the best offenses in the NFL chances for touchdowns galore. There's a lot of bye weeks coming up. I have a lot of bye weeks coming up and I'm going to need startable pieces on my roster. And I mean, my roster was basically full of uh, PPR backups and uh, lottery tickets. I mean, I had J.D. McKissick, Naheem Hines, Alex Collins, Jeremy McNichols. I mean, the, the list goes on and on of people that I don't want to see in my starting lineup. So uh, to have a chance at a guy that could get me double digits on a week in and week out basis and Daryl Williams, I was willing to spend up to do it. I could see myself regretting that uh, when it comes time to like make those key decisions and waiver pickups towards the end of the year. But I have enough faith in myself uh, to beat the waiver wire and to make those $0 pickups that uh, I don't think it'll be an issue. And I hope uh, Daryl Williams uh, will pay off for the next four or five weeks. I'm also hoping Clyde's injury is a little more serious than originally reported. So um, hopefully he gives me RB2 uh, production over the next five weeks with a little bit of RB1 upside. Yeah. So how much fab do you have left? I have $0 of fab remaining. All right, so PSA to the league. If you want to beat Ty out on a player on the waiver wire, all you need is $1, ladies. $1, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Um, yeah, no, just talking a little more about Daryl Williams, I was surprised more people didn't go in on him. I was personally second with a $73 bid. Uh, then Luke and Cole had 30-ish dollar bids. And to me, I think he's just as valuable, if not more, than Damian Williams, who everyone bid up for last week. I mean, they're on uh, – he's – Daryl Williams is on a way better offense, and Clyde and Dave Montgomery have a similar timeline. So, a little, little confusing here. I mean, obviously, Will just admitted he didn't even – he forgot, and we know Andrew doesn't even try every week. And and then there's Max. So, at the end of the day, maybe it's just uh, 
uh, is what it is. But taking a look uh, further down the waiver wire report, uh, Jerry got Devonte Booker for seventy one. So I guess that was kind of the yeah. narrowly beat out Luke. They were the sixty two dollar bid as well. So devastating <laughs> for Luke. Yeah, devastating for Luke. As we'll see that again later with the uh, Cowboys DST. But it kind of looks like the rest of the league was valuing Booker higher, which is definitely curious to me. It was probably just because he was projected higher this week, and the rest of the league are projections slaves. Well, but Jerry is living uh, rent free in Luke's fantasy app. <laughs> yeah, so uh, <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, uh, kind of weird. I don't really see Booker being someone you want to start, but maybe he'll be like an okay flex. Uh, it, Josh also bid on Booker. Cole continues to spend twenty plus dollars on defenses that get no other bids. <laughs> As last week, he bid twenty something dollars on Broncos, no other bids. And this week, he goes for the Rams for twenty one dollars, no other bids. I mean, Trey, getting as many Rams on his team right now is the number one priority. It's not winning. Exactly. Um, God, tell sorry. Jane's dog to shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, they they really need to sh- shut up. All right. Um, <laughs> Give me a second. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna take over. The no, 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 I got it. <laughs> All right, taking a look later on the waiver wire report. Jeremiah ravages Luke again. Cowboys DST thirteen dollars. Luke bid twelve. Josh bid eight. Um, Trayvon Diggs has been just a turnover stud for them. Sorry, Cannon. And then uh, we've got four straight bids by Cannon Kern. Hunter Henry. He did get dropped. Robert Tunyon. Did not get Booker, did not get Higby, and did add the Cardinals defense. Josh got Devontae Parker. Luke got Greg Zerline and ravaged Andrew over a $0 tiebreaker. It's it's nice to see Andrew put in a bid, though, even if it is for $0. We know that he's out there. Uh, uh, well, he's he's frugal. He didn't want to lose his two hundred dollars of fab uh, that he has remaining. So, still put zero dollar bid in. Someone, someone let him know that the fab remaining does not convert to points come playoffs. Uh, so, so yeah, uh, and then uh, you got the Packers DST. Yeah, zero dollar bid there. Not that I had any money to spend, anyways. Um, what if I had told you Trey in twenty twenty that next year the Cowboys DST would get a bidding war over them in waivers and fantasy? yeah it's definitely, definitely surprising crazy stuff there yeah Trayvon Diggs has definitely been balling out so that is your week five heading into week six waiver wire review and now it's time for everyone's favorite segment dun 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 trade review all right so I think we have two trades in the league um this week one of them I honestly completely forgot about because it's so irrelevant uh, it looks like <laughs> Max and Cole swapped Hunter Renfro and Tim Patrick, and I'm pretty sure neither of them got started. I'd be pretty surprised if either of them ever get started. So really don't even waste my time further talking about this trade. I don't even know why they wasted their times, uh, wasted their time making it. Um, slightly more relevant trade, like you mentioned earlier, was between Will and Luke. Dawson Knox for Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman had a, another good game on Monday night. Kind of looks like he's taking that second-year breakout. So I understand why Luke wanted to snag him up, even though he already has a wealth of receivers. Maybe he'll try to make another trade there. And Dawson Knox was kind of useless to him as he's kind of rolling with the Schultz out. Um, and then, like we already mentioned, Dallas Goddard's out this week. Will's been struggling at tight end, so he requires Dawson Knox. who's had a really good start to the season. I don't really hate it for either side. I'd probably give it a 
a B plus for both sides. Um, I don't really see it making a, a big difference in the end, though. Yeah, I can't really get it up for either of these trades. So let's, <laughs> let's see if something more interesting yeah. happens. In I've got week. a, I've got an offer out to Max right now, and he kept telling me well, he's thinking about it. He, so we'll he see. keeps posting the group text to come take someone off his team, and then if you make a reasonable offer for them, it gets immediately shot down. So. Not sure much leeway is going to be made there, but I uh, wish you the best of luck on that. So now we are moving into the week six preview. That's right. All your in-depth analysis and picks from the Showtime Fantasy Podcast are coming right up after this quick break. And we're back from our break. Uh, we got the picks from last week. Uh, Trey, do you want to guess what our records were from last week? I'm going to say I went... Five and zero, oh, and you went three and two. Very close. I did go three and two, so you got half of the right. You, however, uh, did not go perfect. You went four and one. So really good uh, week, bounce back bounce week here for you. But uh, I believe you picked Max in the Max versus Will matchup. So that was your one miss from last week. But uh, you and me continue to be mediocre on the season as we get to a twelve and twelve record picking fantasy matchups on the year. We got we to gotta, we gotta bounce back this week. So let's really take our time, go through all these games, and make sure we're uh, doing that top-notch analysis here. So uh, would you like to start us off by taking a look at our first matchup of the week? Yeah, I'll take a look at Luke versus Max. Um, uh, ESPN's giving Luke a 58% chance to win this one uh, before the games even kick off. So quite a big favorite here. Uh, he's got his stack with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs going against one of the worst secondaries in football on Monday night football. So definitely could come down to what does Luke need going into Monday night to overcome Max. I think they're going to do really well. I think I, I could see Diggs having his first huge game. Um, he's got McCaffrey in the lineup right now. He sent in a tweet earlier that he's kind of 50, 50 this week. We'll see if uh, CMC suits up. If he does, I'm sure he'll have a, a solid performance. He's got his sweet prince, James Robinson, who's kind of on a, a hot streak right now at the RB2 position going against Miami. And it looks like there might be a London game this week as that, yes, one's, there slated is. For, that one's slated for 8.30 in the morning. Um, or 6.30 so, in the morning for us Phoenicians. Yeah, so uh, the Jags play a London game every year, so maybe James Robinson will take advantage of the uh, jet-lagged Dolphins. Uh, Chris Godwin is looking to get him off to a good start Thursday night. Godwin's been kind of the, the man left out lately in the Bucks passing game. I could easily see that turning around this week. And he's got Keenan Allen and Dalton Schultz um, going with the Pittsburgh DST. That's a pretty good play against the uh, Geno Smith led Seahawks bit of going for a bit of a double whammy against the Seahawks uh, playing max. And then he's got uh, that $0 kicker that we talked about Greg's airline uh, at new England. All right, looking over at Max's side with Russell Wilson out, he is rolling with somewhat of a surprise here with Sam Darnold over Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts left on the bench. Projected and in six over, close to Halloween. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so six six more points projected for Hurts, but Max is kind of rolling with, with, I guess he believes in Darnold, uh, home against Minnesota. We'll see if he bounces back from that horrible performance against the Eagles. I'm not that big a believer in Darnold, so he'll probably not do that well. Uh, he's got his two stud running backs, Chubb and Harris. You know, with how good these guys have been this year, it's kind of a shock that Max is one and four. Um, 
And honestly, he has Harrison right now, but the Steelers are playing the Seahawks. So we're really going to test that theory this week. (laughs) According to Max's rule, Najee will either get traded or benched uh, before the games this weekend, which could really be tough sledding for Max. as Is that that a bit of a hint onto your trade offer? Actually, no. Um, But now that I know he's playing Seattle, I might I might try to see if I can swing something Um, at the wide receiver spots. He's got A.J. Brown and Amari Cooper. They've got against the Bills matchups with double whammy. Yeah, against the Bills. But Buffalo is one of the top teams against wide receivers. New England's always a top team against wide receivers. Uh, J.C. Jackson's pretty shut down corner. And then he does finally insert Kareem Hunt at the flex position. But of course, that's going to limit his upside if he's playing Hunt and Chubb, even though they've both been so good. I'm sure they'll both do fine, but kind of similar to what we've talked about with Cole's team playing multiple players from the same NFL team, um, leaving Adam Thielen on the bench. Uh, he, what he might end up doing is benching Harris, playing Hunt and Chubb, and then moving Thielen in at the flex. And he's got a pretty good matchup against Carolina. So I wouldn't hate that. But overall, if he's going to bench Harris and play Sam Darnold, I, I just can't really pick Max here. Um, especially if McCaffrey suits up, I think it's going to be a walkaway win for Luke. Even if not, I'm sure Luke will insert uh, Chase Edmonds, who's been pretty good this year. Um, he could also play Michael Pittman, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take Luke pretty handily here. I'm gonna say 119 to 80 89, Luke. Yeah, I'm pulling an Adam Schefter right now, texting live on air, trying to get the inside scoop from Max. I did I did send him a quick message asking if he's going to bench Najee, and he said probably not. So. You know, the Oracle is always stuck by his ethics and morals, despite uh, despite the what it does to his team. So we'll see if he bends on that this week. Um, I who did you pick Luke? Yes, I am going to go with the Oracle uh, for one reason and one reason only. And that is he is finally taking my advice and starting Kareem Hunt. I think AJ Brown also has his first good game of the season, much to Luke's chagrin, both in fantasy and in real life as he dominates the bills. So I'm going to give Oracle a chance to take this one down. Sorry, Lucas. Now moving on to our second non showtime fantasy matchup of the week. We have Josh versus Andrew old rivals here. Uh, well, I feel like everyone's a rival for Josh at this point, but uh, we've got Justin Herbert taking on the Baltimore Ravens. And we got Antonio Gibson home against the Chiefs. Dalvin Cook in Carolina. Dalvin Cook, Josh really needs Dalvin Cook to finally get back healthy and play this week, get a full workload. I know Josh went for 200 last week, but you can't count on those guys to explode every week. So he needs that mainstay. Dalvin Cook, first-round pick to come back and come through for him. DK Metcalf is in Pittsburgh, uh, taking on a weak-ish Steelers uh, secondary, but at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter how good they are because he's got Geno Smith at quarterback. So I'm not expecting a big week from Metcalf. Mike Williams has been the other half of one of the best stacks in fantasy so far in 2021, except when they're playing against me. Uh, They're playing the Baltimore Ravens uh, on Sunday morning, um, and the Baltimore Ravens just kind of got bitched out by the Colts uh, in the secondary. So I could see that stack having another good week with Goddard out. Josh is rolling with Zach Ertz. Uh, Kyle Pitts is on by. So uh, didn't really have an option there. So he had to turn to waivers and then Hollywood Brown's kind of had a breakout year uh, staying in at flex looking over to Andrew's side. We got Kirk cousins staying in the lineup, despite his mediocre performances, taking on the Carolina Panthers. Praise be Kirk. Praise be 
Dalvin. We'll see how that shakes out in this matchup. And he's got Leonard Fournette activated to the starting lineup for the first time all season. He has been performing, and Andrew has just now taken notice. That, that game is on Thursday night, so uh, something to watch there with Fournette versus Ertz in the Thursday night game for them. Include, oh, and Mike Evans at the wide receiver one position for Andrew. So a lot of Thursday night action here in this one. Could be really interesting. We got DJ Moore um, in that Carolina-Minnesota game. TJ Hawkinson stays in at tight end despite uh, his shocking performances over the last couple weeks. And then Brandon Cooks. Dumbass play of the week from week five stays in at the flex position week six. Not really sure what he's thinking here. I do like that matchup for miles Gaskin coming off a huge week, uh, taking on the sorry Jacksonville Jaguars. So I would, I would uh, suggest he make that switch, but you know, at the end of the day, it's Andrew's team is going to make, have to make those decisions. I'm going with Joshua Belford. A team doesn't just drop 200 points. You have to have a good team. And I do believe Josh does. The stack goes off again. Ertz uh, soaks up targets without Goddard there. And I think Josh, uh, improves to three and three on the year. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to agree with you. I think that Dalvin will play, and Dalvin will have a twenty burger. And I'm really not sure what Andrew's doing, keeping Kirk Cousins in. He's played him two straight weeks, and he sucks. So I'm just. I don't know if Andrew's just letting go of the rope at this point in the season or what. But I'm going with Josh. All right, you want to take a look at our third matchup of week <clears throat> six? Our third matchup old Packer fan rivals cannon versus Jerry um, <clears throat> taking a look first at Cannon's side. He has got a juicy matchup for his stack Mahomes and Tyree kill taking on the Washington football team who has been dreadful against the pass this season. Maybe Jerry will take a, a trip out to the Washington football team stadium close by and, and watch his team get ravaged by Mahomes and Hill. Um, He's got Jonathan Taylor looking to keep that hot streak going against Houston at home. I definitely like that matchup for Cannon. Uh, interesting play by Cannon here going with Miles Sanders against Tampa Bay. They have been really, really good against running backs. We know they're good at stopping the run. He's going with Miles Sanders. Looking at his bench, uh, I guess he could put in Chuba if McCaffrey's out, but he might not know come Thursday night when uh, the Eagles game kicks off. So I guess he's going to play it safe and go with Sanders. Tyler Lockett, uh, Sunday night game at in Pittsburgh with no no Russell Wilson, but he's got to keep Lockett in the lineup. He's going to Hunter Henry. So, Cannon, like you said, with Kittle on IR, Cannon's kind of playing the streaming game, Hunter Henry. And then Chase Claypool with Juju out for the season, uh, going with him at the flex. Taking a look at Jerry's team, we've got Aaron Rodgers. So, could be a bit of a fake fan conundrum here for Cannon. Uh, taking on Chicago, who has been sixth ranked against quarterbacks this year. So tough matchup for Rodgers. Uh, Derrick Henry taking on the second ranked team against running backs with Buffalo on Monday night. So Henry might not have his normal 30 burger. Uh, Jerry's in inserted Devontae Booker right off of waivers into his lineup at RB2. Uh, he's got Robert Woods and Jamar Chase. So he's trusting Woods after that breakout game last Thursday night at the Giants and Jamar Chase at Detroit. Uh, Kelsey. At Washington, like I said, juicy matchup. And then yeah, he has Chris Carson currently at the flex. We'll see if Carson suits up. Uh, if he does, they might need to lean on him with Russell Wilson out. And then that uh, much-coveted Cowboys defense for Jerry. Uh, taking a look at his bench, he's not really benching anyone too noteworthy other than Julio Jones if he suits up. 
Um, honestly, Jerry to me has some tough matchups this week with Derrick Henry and Aaron Rodgers, and honestly, his team's pretty beat up right now. I got some waiver guys in. I'm going with Captain Colonel. All right, so you're gonna take Cannon in that matchup. I am gonna go the other way. I'm going with Jeremiah. Uh, we've got the Chiefs fan and Cannon starting Mahomes, the Packers fan and Jerry starting Aaron Rodgers. Um, I'm going to roll with the true fan in this one. I think Jeremiah takes it on the back of Aaron Rodgers. Huge performance at Soldier Field. So looking ahead to our fourth matchup, our last non-showtime matchup of the week, we've got the matchup farmer taking on the Bear Jew. We got Will's prediction earlier. Um, uh, We got Will's prediction earlier in the episode. Sorry, Zoom just sent me a weird notification, but we got to hurry up a little bit. Um, running out of time, apparently. Get ravaged us. I'm not paying for this shit. Uh, <laughs> the matchup farmer, or I guess he will be known as the matchup peasant. His team is full of peasants. Mixon is nicked up. He's still got all those Rams in there until he makes a move with those Rams. I just don't see his team having enough upside. LaVisca Chenault is a low-volume wide receiver three on the Jags. Uh, you can't trust anything. And then Tim Patrick makes the flex position. Mike Gusecki at tight end. I mean – is he trying to get made fun of on the podcast at this point? His team is just like, it looks like someone took a <laughs> shit and put it in his roster. So I, I, I don't like anything he's doing at all. Um, yeah. You know, uh, looking over at Will's side, we talked about it. Lamar Jackson coming off an incredible stud performance last week. Javante Williams has a good matchup at home against the Raiders and he's got those three stud wide receivers and then newly acquired Dawson Knox in the tight end. I'm taking Will in a blowout. Uh, as will I. Sorry, Cole. All, All right. right. Now we're going to take a look at our show showtime matchup of the week. And we only have one this week because it is Ty. It is Trey. <laughs> it's four and one. It's four and one. What a rivalry. Twins. Who will be the five and one twin? Let's deep dive into this matchup. Um, you For you, oh, you got- by the way, this matchup is presented by Twinversity.com. Their slogan is having to double up the discount. All right, taking a look at your team, you've got a horrible matchup with Dak Prescott and C.D. Lamb in New England. (laughs) I see Bill Belichick just ravaging C.D. Lamb as the number one wide receiver, taking away the pass, allowing Zeke to run all over them. I do not see Dak or Lamb having a good game. Aaron Jones at Chicago. They've got a tough defense that's going to bow up no, in Soldier don't. Field. I don't. Akeem Hicks is going to swallow him in the backfield. No, uh, you've got Zach it. Moss in, so uh, you know he's trash. Uh, Deontay Johnson, oh my gosh, Big Ben can't throw it past five yards. Uh, Mark Andrews, regression. Yeah, tell that to Deontay Johnson's two deep touchdowns. Mark Andrews, big regression candidate this week. Uh, <laughs> Antonio Brown, also regression. He's not going to do that again. Um, I think Fields is going to have a huge game against the Green Bay defense. And then uh, Matt, Matt Frater. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what you're thinking with Matt Frater. It's, there's some bad weather up there in Cleveland. So why don't, why don't you uh, I'm pretty sure team? the weather's perfect. <laughs> Looking over you at your side. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Miles Garrett is going to sack Kyler Murray on every other play. It's going to be an absolute embarrassment from Murray and the Cardinals offense. They couldn't even score against the Niners last week. You think they're going to go to Cleveland and do something? We've got Zeke Elliott. Oh, I love Zeke so much, but it's a passing day up in Foxborough. Zeke Elliott is going to get benched for Tony Pollard at halftime, and Dak Prescott's going to throw five touchdowns to CeeDee Lamb. DeAndre Swift isn't even the starter. Jamal Williams will carry the load in that Cincinnati matchup. It's an Adam Thielen weekend. 
Justin Jefferson is going to do absolutely nothing. Emmanuel Sanders, three catches last week, and just two of them happen to be lucky touchdowns. There's no way that happens again. You you better consider benching him. And <laughs> Rondale Moore at flex. I mean, are you trying to lose? Do you want me to be five and one? I know you feel bad because I have two sackos, but Trey, I don't need this from you. I don't need the charity start of Rondale Moore. And then Darren Waller. I mean, I already trade raped you in that. Mark Andrews has far proven to be better than Darren Waller, and he will again this week. So, oh my gosh. I mean, this is going to be one of the easiest fantasy wins of all time for me. Cincinnati at Detroit. Cincinnati? You're playing the Bengals defense? The Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals defense against Jared Goff, King Goffrey? Um, DeAndre Swift, if he goes off, that'll, I mean, what a terrible start by you with the Cincinnati D. And then Matt Gay. I mean, what a gay selection there from you at the kicker spot. Uh, the Rams are just going to score touchdowns, so you may get some extra points, but you're not getting any field goals there. You think the Giants are going to stall out the Rams? No, sir. I'm taking the yacht party. Ty, I am improving to five and one. Let's go. I will take Deputy Bacon's showed. All right, now that gets us to our giveaway that I plugged earlier in the episode. So this week's giveaway, we are giving away some Showtime merch. That's right. We have had some shirts made up, Showtime shirts, and we will ship one to you if you can get the closest to guessing correctly the Showtime matchup of the week. That's right. Me and Trey's matchup. Send in your score predictions via group text, Instagram DM. Uh, I'm going to post something. You can comment below with your score prediction. Uh, and if you're the closest, you have to, you just got to be the closest then you will win the Showtime shirt. And I think, you know, you and me are league members. We can enter this contest as well. So everyone get ready to post those score predictions for our Showtime matchup this weekend. And speaking of the Showtime matchup of the week, there is a lot of hype surrounding this matchup. So we've decided to do something extra special for our loyal listeners this week and the Blind Squirrels group text. We are going live on Instagram this Sunday. That's right. For the first hour of the noon slate of games, me and Trey will be live together on Instagram on the Showtime account, uh, watching our games together, talking shit. It's going to be like the Manning cast, but the Langston cast. That's right. You're going to want to tune into this Showtime live event. We will be watching the games together. We will be cheering for our guys, booing the other guys, getting butt hurt, all the things that come with watching together as a blind squirrels group. It will be happening live on Instagram. Feel free to tune in. There's going to be uh, lots of stuff going on there, so be on the lookout for that this Sunday. This Sunday, the first hour of the noon games, maybe a little longer. We'll see how it's going. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a really yeah, exciting and, week coming up. And and for the live stream, we're definitely going to be taking uh, listener questions. Oh, yeah. Listener so, questions. So definitely, comments. definitely join the live stream. Just keep submitting your questions. I'm, I'm I promise we'll get to them. Uh, as we watch the games and uh, we want this to be an interactive thing for you guys as you uh, enjoy this content. For sure. And uh, that's going to wrap up this week's episode, our week five review, week six preview. As always, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'd like to thank our sponsors, Laffy Tappies, Great Value Bottled Water, Lauren's Homemade Ceramic Coasters, and my Hurley Flip Flops. Thank you so much for listening. Everybody have a great week. Do.